Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. Jamesy and Brando are actually up in northern Michigan doing some diving, midweek diving. We've had so much going on lately that we literally have not had time, either of us, to sit down and record another show. We are behind schedule. We have made it to our Zoom meetings, though. The Monday night, continuing the pandemic madness Zoom parties, which have been a lot of fun. Last week, we had a really big turnout. Those of you who have been attending those, we love seeing everybody and chatting and telling stories and cracking jokes and uh, having a really good time. It's been a pleasure for myself. And I know I can speak on Brando's behalf. He too has been having a great time at him. And the emails and the messages we keep getting about how much fun everybody's having, I know that you guys are enjoying them too. If you haven't joined us on any of these, keep your eyes posted on our Facebook page. We usually post a link to it that afternoon. They seem to be going as long as this pandemic keeps going. We fully plan on continuing these crazy crazy pandemic madness, Zoom party, happy hour, cocktail sessions. So please join us at the next one. What we're doing today is we're going to re-release a show. This is one of our favorites. It was a hit because this, this is one of the greatest legendary scuba diving stories that really exemplifies everything that the scuba lifestyle is all about. It's the classic Cayman Cowboys episode. I first became aware of this episode back when this magazine first came out. It was the talk of the town, talk of the industry. And now you look at us, you know, 25 years later, in particular what Brando and I put out every week, this little magazine article that became legendary at the time seemed just so over the top. Clearly you can see just like anything else, if if you give it a little bit of time, the dust settles and eh, it's just another article. But we had a lot of fun with this. It was one of the funnest episodes we recorded. You'll notice there's some beeps in it again because this was back before we stopped censoring the show. We were trying to be responsible with covering up our swear words and profanities, but we finally just gave up on that. If you're new to the show and you're hearing this for the first time, this is a great episode. It's one of Brando and I both, uh, one of our favorite episodes that we did, that we have out. So enjoy. Those of you who have heard this already, this is an episode I personally have listened to a couple of times myself. I, I had so much fun doing it. I can still listen to this and enjoy it, so I'm sure you guys can too. If you're pissed off that we uh, re-released a show and didn't have something ready for you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What can I say? Don't judge until you've until you've swam a mile in my fins. All of you listeners to the Great Dive Podcast, thank you so much. We'll have another episode for you guys next week. We love all of you guys. We thank you so much for listening. We thank you so much for communicating with us on Facebook and emails. We truly, truly thank everyone who has sent in a donation, or is a Patreon sponsor. Thank all of you so very, very much. Everyone who's ordered stickers and T-shirts and PFOG and all the dumb little things that we do that you guys love, everybody out there who's supported us in any way possible, 
that enjoys our humor, that gets what we're doing, that can have fun and be serious at the same time. As long as you guys keep supporting us, we're going to keep giving you guys what you want, what you keep asking for. I hope you're all out diving this weekend like we are. At the end of the day, that is what it's all about, is getting out, blowing bubbles, having a good time. And if you can do it clean and you can do it well, that's even better. And we hope that you all get out there and strive for being better divers in the water. We hope our show helps you out with that from time to time. So without further ado, so Cayman Cowboys. Cayman Cowboys. Cayman Cowboys. We uh we even get into it. So how was your weekend? <laughs> I uh, I didn't get in the water this weekend. I wish I could get in the water. I'm still running. Had, still running. Had a wedding. Oh, how was that? Typical diver wedding. No, what you, cousin? Oh, cousin wedding, family wedding. It was good. To, good to see people. Did a lot, lot of people. Joe get a lot of people there. were asking me about the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. they're like, "How's the podcast going?" Did, Dude, it's going nuts. Did you say if it if you're listening, you'd know? No, they, I'm sure they see the you know, the Facebook posts coming oh, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see that we're being pretty active. Did anybody get hammered and get out of hand? Start dancing crazy? Did you guys make any? Uh, it's like you saw the video of me or something. Any clips? <laughs> any clips that made America? Did you see me? Did, did you see video? me doing the hustle? <laughs> you, you were on the locomotion. You were leading the locomotion train. Even if I'm super drunk, I won't get into uh, locomotion train. I don't do the train. I'm uh, not a. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a. Have they, a couple of cocktails and have to hit the floor and cut a rug. <laughs> That That's not you. No. no, I'm more like, let's break into a boat and uh, take it out to sea. <laughs> I can't believe I don't know the hustle because my whole family like grew up. Like, James, they I, all I don't do know if you hustle. ever met yourself, but you were like a punk rocker. You would have been the anti-hustle. I know, but now in my older days. I'm well, like, I know. You're very, you the hustle. you're very, very much into like. So my uncle was trying to teach it to me last night oh, or uh, over the weekend. Over the weekend. I learned I'm not much of a line dancer. Well, that's a compliment. I don't know. Unless you're, you know, there are some hot chicks. This is going to be totally sexist. Hot chick can line dance. I'm cool. But she could do almost anything. You'd be like, yeah, she could feed the dogs and dog food. She looks pretty good I'll to just, me. I'll just stand, <laughs> that's hot. I'll just say one row back. <laughs> there you go. Just get in the middle. Blend in. So speaking of people listening, we get some new we get some new cities popping up. Cities I've, I've never uh, I don't even know where some of them are. Albuquerque, Terrytown, United States. Oh, Terrytown, yeah. You don't know where Terrytown is? Everybody knows. Didn't you ever hear that song, uh, "The Last Train to Terrytown" by the Monkees? No. Ah, oh, damn it. How's it go? How's it go again? Take the last train to Terrytown. <laughs> Doesn't seem to. There's a line dance to it. You probably have seen. <laughs> Lakewood, California. Well, that's we got a big. Uh, we got a group. Big, big group, up. yeah. Kokomo. You know where Kokomo Way is? Down in Kokomo, Indiana, or the other Kokomo? Ah, uh, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who doesn't? Way down in Kokomo. Way down in Kokomo. <laughs> they, they, they show Kokomo, Indiana. Way down in Kokomo. You get there faster. <laughs> you take it slow. You take it slow. Shout out to Kokomo. It's kind of a cool name for a town. It is pretty Kokomo. Cool. Not as cool as 
Guysboro, Canada. I don't know. Guysboro. <laughs> Where do you want to move? I'll pass. Where do you want to move? Is there Galsboro? There's a Chicksboro. there's Chickville or Chickville. Guysboro. Where do you want to move to? <laughs> and hey, shout out to Manchester, United Kingdom. Hey, mates. You're uh your boy of tea. Your boys were just over here in uh good old Michigan playing a yes. playing a match of the old footy. At- <laughs> Ye old footy. Me and me mates uh, have a spot of ye old footy. <laughs> so yeah, over here in uh, good old Michigan playing a little little of the old football against Liverpool. But hell with Liverpool because they're not showing they up on our uh, yeah. on our new listeners. Bloody Liverpool. And um Wankers. Bunch of wankers. Havidrov. <laughs> Are you trying to... Uh, I, how, do you, how do you say this one? Have I drove... Have I dove... Have I dove... Denmark. Have I dove have Denmark? I dove, have I dove Denmark? Not yet. Let me ask you a question. Have you dove Denmark? No. No, I have not. Have you been to Have I dove Denmark? Denmark. No. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the phonetics of these... Uh, but hey, uh, big shout out to everybody because... Uh, the listeners keep going up and up and up. It's great. Every month is more and more and more. You guys are doing a wonderful job helping spread the word. The Great Dive Podcast Listener Challenge of the Week is for you to share this show with one dive buddy. Just one. Maybe two if you want. But share the show with a buddy. Help us spread the word even more. Appreciate the listeners who sent in personal ads. We finally got a couple personal ads. Both of them? We could go for a couple more. Or two. you're going to have to listen to... <laughs> Brandon and I make up personals. So get out there, send in a couple. Those are those were fun. And speaking of personal ads, baby. Oh yeah. You know what time it is. Oh yeah. Oh crap. <laughs> we, we never did our intro. Oh yeah. Oh, welcome back to the, Oh right yeah. Welcome back to Great Dive Podcast. <laughs> we'll bring it all porny. Hi, this is Ron Jeremy. You're listening to Porno Sonic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. Mm-hmm, baby. You know what I like. Ooh, we're going to talk. We got some dirty talk today. Ooh, that sounds nice. We're going to talk about picking up some females. We're going to talk about voluptuous... Ice cream, <laughs> ice cream sundaes. A little bit of toe sucking. Are you serious? Cleavage licking. You know all that good stuff you expect to, to read when you open up your new copy of Scuba Diving Magazine, or, or at least that's what um, readers were thinking back in the fall of 1995 when they grabbed their September October issue of Scuba Diving Magazine. That's when Rodales took them over. Yes, this was a ro- this was when it was Rodales scuba diving. Rodales, and they, they know what little, sells, and baby. they got a little edgy. They know what sells. So I, I found like two months later the they issue did. that came out in like December. Yeah, they with all the letters, oh, <laughs> the letters, the evil letters, letters to the editor, the politically cor- incorrect or no, the politically correct or like. How dare you? I'll read you. I'll read you this. Emphasize this <laughs> I'll read you this letter from Kristen. She's going to just rip it apart, isn't she? Yeah, she's from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah. I was truly... (laughs) (laughs) Already I hate her. (laughs) I 
was truly appalled by your cover story of the less than admirable exploits of Cayman Cowboys. <laughs> Let them do what they will. Smoke, drink, screw whatever moves, and then try to dive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, they, where do I put in my application? Sincerely. <laughs> We can't, we can't keep the people from coming here now. But please don't glamorize these idiots and their waste of space in your magazine and their juvenile behavior viewed entirely from a somewhat misguided male's perspective. I.e. the authors. Come on, guys. This is 1995, not 1965. Uh, yeah, There's an yeah. exclamation point there. <laughs> I could I got that from your voice. <laughs> I had come to trust that you have more class than you demonstrated by printing this article. And since I've never written a letter like this before, I'm assuming that among the women and sensible men who read your nationally distributed magazine, I am not alone in my disgust. <laughs> I would cancel my subscription immediately if I didn't like reading scuba diving each month and find the variety of information useful, so I'll give you one more chance. Please show some good judgment in what you print in the future and realize that a good number of your readers are women. Women who purchase lots of equipment and dive travel from your advertisers. Ay, ay, ay. Her husband must love her. So, I didn't think this article was really that bad. It wasn't. I mean, it was. It started off a little raunchy, and then it gets talking into you like know, the life of a dive master a little bit, and, and kind of like how they're dealing with some political bullshit. And Cayman, like you know, they're, they're always on the the verge of getting kicked out because you know Cayman's had this wall there for years, where if a Caymanian wants a job, that a that, uh, that uh, I am a Caymanian. <laughs> If I want your job, I'll take it, you cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like if you go there and you get a job, but there's a comedian that wants it, that's open and willing to 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 perform a job, they have to have it. So one of the uh, one of the letters also was was actually written by good old Brett Brett Gilliam wrote in. He wrote in and said, <laughs> "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> He says, I read with interest your recent article on Cayman Cowboys and expect that you will be targeted with carefully orchestrated furor from the sport's moral guardians. Of course, if this had been an article about the apres ski activities of those other notorious resort employees in Aspen or Vale, I doubt if the piece would even have been greeted with even an uplifted eyebrow. Your article was entertaining and didn't expose any behavior that isn't available for anyone to see at most Caribbean bars on a Saturday night. Keep your corporate chin up. I'd like to think that the readers can decide for themselves what makes interesting journalism. For those self-righteous breast beaters urging readers to lynch your writer and shun your magazine, I say, lighten up, please, and go back to watching The Waltons and Little House on the Prairie if reality is too strong for you. Yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get into this. Cayman Cowboys was the cover story for the September-October 1995 Rodale Scuba Diving Magazine. I want you to know that this is the magazine that divers trust. I trust. They trusted it back then. They don't and trust it, it anymore. And in a world of... In a world 
In a world where anyone can be a Cayman cowboy. Yeah, so Alicia Silverstone, looking girls, Brad Pitt's the sexiest man alive. People are doing the Macarena. Oh, Waterworld came out, too. Oh, did it? Yeah. The Usual Suspects was out. Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer was big back then. That was 20 years, 23 years ago. And she's in songs now. She's, they're still talking about her in pop music now. So way to stay relevant, Michelle Pfeiffer. Hugh Grant was arrested by LAPD for picking up a prostitute. The hit songs were like, I Like It, I Love It by Tim McGraw. You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. Xena Warrior Princess was on. Oh, yeah, yeah. TLC's Waterfalls was number one. TLC's Waterfall. For seven weeks. Seals, Seals Kiss from a Rose. That was a few. That was, that was Michael from that Jackson's Batman. That first was from that double Batman album. Movie. Yeah. Drew Barrymore got up and did a table dance on the David Letterman show. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I think I was watching that. I think I was watching it. I think I was watching it with you. Oh, you know what else? You know what else? Probably the worst part of 1995? The Macarena. That's, yeah, yeah. That was like everybody was doing the Macarena everywhere. Were you Macaraining over the weekend? No. Did they do the Macarena? <laughs> no. Really? No, they didn't do the Macarena oh, at the wedding. Oh, man. I thought that was still pretty big. They did about there. 20 other line dances in a row. But but anyways, getting a feel for where, where we were in the day. Not not far from where we are today. Not too bad. Not too too far. Everybody's watching Friends and Seinfeld. And Happy Days. That's uh, <laughs> on TV land. Man. All right, so the Cayman Cowboys is an article that describes the secret life of dive instructors in paradise. And there's an a little bit of a, Was it an expose? A little bit, a little bit. Because it's a or was it? It's uh, a guy. It's a guy that got paid to go go down to the Caymans, buddy up with a New Zealander for the week. Do some diving, hang out at the pub, and write they don't, about it. They call them Kiwis, by the way, not New Zealand. Hang out with a Kiwi. Kiwi, mate. Yeah, mighty. <laughs> so this is a this is an article that looks at the trial of love, nitrogen, and roommates in paradise. The Cayman Cowboys. It was written by Paul Quinta. I think that's his real name. Yeah, it is. I was there. <laughs> okay, Paul. But there's a little bit of, um, you know, the, the dive masters down on the islands. There's a lot of that, like, cowboy aesthetic to them. You know, like, either, either they're, you know, they're on the run from the law, on the run from the ex-wife, on the run from the loan shark. You know, they just, they, 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 they get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. They show up in the island somewhere. And they're dive just, master. I'm just going to be a dive master. and Lay low. Lay low. Take hang out easy. in the dive boat. Enjoy the fruits of my labor. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you know, so there, there, there is that, especially back in in those days. I had some friends that, that nobody has any that, fun that anymore. Packed up and left and, and went down to Cayman for well, now like a couple you years. Know, you can't get off the grid now. Well, yeah, yeah. This was this is beautiful. this was pre grid, pre grid baby. Well, it was in the middle of the right, construction yeah, right of the, the grid. In my first three weeks, I picked up four females. Are you, are Dive you Kiwi? <laughs> Dive Master Paul <laughs> Jeeves. Yells at me over the reverberating guitar licks of a Lenny Kravitz tune. Oh, Lenny Kravitz tune. It's probably like, are you going to go my way or something? Yeah. Probably jamming out. I like that. I like some, I loves me some Lenny Kravitz. We're swilling red stripes on a watering hole called the Lone Star, epicenter of the Dive Master social order on Grand Cayman Island. This could have been us two weeks ago. You see, it's timeless. <laughs> right. This is a timeless article. 
And the 22-year-old New Zealander is celebrating the promised land. I eyeball Jeeves. He can sense my doubt about this dive master sexual conquest stuff. Earlier today, I nearly drowned in blather about women who allowed themselves to be hoisted atop this very bar to have whipped cream slurped from their laps. (laughs) (laughs) And as though... (laughs) As though they were little more than voluptuous ice cream sundaes or mustard sucked from their toes or salt licked from their cleavage... (laughs) I scan the joint of the conspicuous patrons. A sweaty pack of red-faced men behind us is screaming expletives at a World Cup rugby match on the TV. No one is scoring chicks, Jeeves included. Damn. Mate, you don't understand, he insists. The girls here are on vacation. They're totally laid back. One time in a 24-hour period, I... Suddenly... Before he can finish his fantasy, it happens. Colleen Clark. Colleen Clark. A wee lass of... 20 years old, Colleen Clark. Blonde, evenly tanned, and stuffed dangerously into a pair of tight denim shorts. German. Emerges from a dark (laughs) recesses of the bar like a cat. Glides toward Jeeves, cozying up to him. She proceeds to gently caress his inner thigh in slow, widening circles. The way one might wax the hood of a 1965 (laughs) Mustang convertible. (laughs) Jeeves leans back. I'm on this island to live a living mate, he yells over the din. Not make a living. (laughs) Hey, we should probably put a, a, a preemptive warning here. Any of you whiny, politically correct whiners? Whiners, that'll work. <laughs> any of you whiny whiners write in any letters objectifying or objecting to our our article choice? We're just reporting the news. We're just reading an article. That's right. That's all okay? we're doing. If you're objecting to our laughing about it and enjoying it, well, <laughs> I can enjoy it. You can't take that away from me, you whiny whiners. Obviously, I'm in the presence of no ordinary dive master. Jeeves, with his wavy brown locks and poster boy good looks, is still glowing in the wake of his big escape. That critical moment every dive master experiences when he symbolically flips off the rest of conforming humanity. It's nine to five work rules, it's power suits, it's stair masters by bolting for the islands. That, that right there is the epitome of going into the world of diving. That's the... You know, that, right that is the dive. See, for me, that's the dive master I want on every boat. And that's the dive master I want to be. If I'm going to go down to the islands, that's, that's the, the guy I want on the boat. That is the whole, like that right that's there, the, flipping off of all of society was why I, I just did it. That was it. Up yours. Fight me. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not yours. And become a dive master. Just saying. And then the only thing in your future is rum and chicks. Yeah. And then you die. Unless you're a chick, then it's rum and dudes. The two of my friends were, you know, one was a gal, one was a guy, and they both, you know, packed up and said, we're going. Actually, it was the the woman who who took off, and then my guy buddy followed her. Well, I remember when I took my uh, IDC, I had two, I had a girl and a guy, both from France. I had another one from, like, Polynesia area in my course. And then, of course, there were, there was me and another guy from up here in Michigan. I did this down in Florida, of course, but anyway... That was our class, and they, you know, multi, they they all had the one thing. 
in common, which was they kind of just said up yours to society and they're the pressures of society. The, the one guy, the Polynesian or whatever, he, he was uh, in finance. He was like a CPA or something to that effect, but saved up his yeah, money. He said, I'm to, done uh, with it. I am just yeah, done you get with tired it. of, uh, tired of the work life. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of them are, uh, a lot of them are young, but a lot of them are also in that well, middle age where they've been not working the work for you know, 10, it, 15, 20 years. It's the uh, mainstream 9 to 5, you know, sell your soul to the devil so you can have quote-unquote security in your life and stability, quote-unquote. That's, that's the whole selling point of what society has to offer if you go the mainstream route. College equals security, job, security, safety. You're going to have, you know, the, the house, the family... The picket fence and you're stuck and into the retirement because you, you have sixty thousand well, dollars in debt. Once, you, yeah, well, by the time you're done with college, you have a quarter million in debt. But it's uh, it, that's the selling point. That's how that's how it's glamorized, or that's the what's being sold to you in high school and in college, and or, that's the world. Or you can be on a beach every day, on a boat every yeah. day, at the pub every night. Yes. Like uh, like my buddy uh, my buddy used to tell me like like they'd be on the boat like uh, loading loading the tanks on the boat and uh, like a, a jet would come in you know coming into land like, <laughs> and he'd always like stop he'd like look up look up at the jet my buddy'd be going to hand him a tank but his buddy'd be like off and drifting yeah. like, looking up he'd look at my buddy and he'd go here comes love <laughs> <laughs> you see that ain't so bad now now the argument to that the people are gonna come back you know. That's irresponsible to not think of your future. Listen. Live your life, man. It's your life. It's our exactly. life to decide what we want to do with it. The other, I mean, here's the thing. Nobody gets out alive. Nobody. They seem to think like you're going to buy a... I had a guy that was in my IDC. Was a, he was an electrician. He was a, he was a young guy you know, in his mid-20s like I was. Yeah. He was a couple years older than me. But he was an electrician. He was a pot-smoking, deadhead electrician and... Uh, Come come winter time, yeah, he he, was, he packed up and and went down to like Central America and just wandered <laughs> wandered with a bag of weed from like from like dive shop to dive shop where we could get work. Yeah. It was was his plan. He was like from you know from right after the first snowfall, boom, he was gone and he, not coming back. So until you can live up. a life like that, have all kinds of stories in your old age if you make it to old age, maybe, you or won't. you can have your or four hundred one k, and you can ha- here's the stories you'll have. This one day. I had to work overtime for 45 minutes. The numbers I punched were incredible. This one time I got talk, stuck in a traffic jam for 45 <laughs> minutes. Wait, that was every goddamn day. Oh, this one, it was so exciting. We had this meeting once, and uh, we were discussing the further meetings in the week, which we're going to be talking about uh, conference calls. <laughs> and, yeah, we were going to institute a new a new policy to save us 0.07 cents in every transaction, which at the end of the year added up to $1,500, which I got on my resume. This one time, I put the wrong icon in my Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Threw the whole and system I had into it. I was staying at the office all weekend trying to figure out what, what box it was in. Wow. Excitement. Living the dream. Living the dream. Every dive master in the Caribbean has a big escape story. 
and it holds a revered front and center place in the consciousness. It reminds you why you're here, reaffirms why you should stay. Jeeves toiled as a quantity surveyor in the Auckland construction business until his spirit had atrophied. So, like hundreds of societal mavericks before him, he has come to the islands to work at the dive shop and to live by a different set of values. I love what he just said. His spirit had atrophied. That's exactly what is going on in the world right now. There's no spirit. Nobody, there's no fight back. There's, there's no, no just do yeah, it. There's no pride. There's no yeah. joy in life. No adventure. It's, it's, it's getting through it until you can yeah. start tapping into the retirement. And, Where's the adventure? Yeah, there ain't there. When you're no when adventure. you're too old to to live, you oh. can finally got now you're allowed to live. I'm watching. I'm watching members in my family go through retirement now, and they've never done any. They're very straight laced. Uh, their idea of adventure is you know they may go on a vacation once every five years, and they'll ride in that little parachute sail parasail thing behind the boat and that's like adventure to them i get it that's i guess it's kind of an adventure i don't know it's i not was adventure. 72 feet up yeah you and like a, a thousand other senior citizens uh that have done it. It, it if that's that's not adventure to me i to me it's not adventure his only concern now is finding a few permanent roommates to share a place with colleen and him as they stretch their meager salaries which is the truth. Most of those uh, dive masters down there in yeah, Cayman, you know, most of them are baby. living like four or five in a one bedroom apartment. You know. Yeah. Well, you're you're living on tips. You're yeah. You're getting your room and board provided, but your room and board is in the back of the dive shop. You know, with a yeah. So smells they, they, like they, gasoline and, so and, out and neoprene a, mixed together. <laughs> which is funny because I still get so many people that walk into the dive shop and they just like they they stand there and they just look around and. They're like, oh, I love the smell of this place. I love neoprene yeah, smell. Yeah. I uh, I still like. I'm just reminded of the dive locker at commercial school when I smell it because I just I don't know. It's it, a, it it's just a, it's brings a special you right smell. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always does. Love the smell of neoprene in the morning. Colleen excuses herself to flit, and when she goes out of earshot, Paul leans over and smiles. He never wants these came in moments to end ever. I don't care what any guy tells you. He says if he's single. <laughs> He's come down here to dive, drink, and pick up chicks. This has been the best six weeks of my life. <laughs> and you know what? He'll remember it the rest of his oh, life. Oh, yeah, he'll never forget that. He's going to be 90 years no, old living on some governmentally just funded... Want to swallow the, the flop open end of a barrel. Home. <laughs> He's going to be like, I remember in 1995, I was watching rugby, banging chicks, and scuba diving. <laughs> oh, Colleen. <laughs> Oh, oh wee lass. <laughs> she left me for an Aussie three weeks later. <laughs> Which was good, because I left her for another Aussie. <laughs> so uh, he moves on uh, to talking about the work itself for these dive masters. It's 7 a.m., and Dan Hodges reaches for another 30-pound scuba tank. He stands in the rear of a pickup truck with several dozen aluminum tanks, and his shirt is off, exposing a torso as thick and solid as a trunk of an oak tree. Another shitty day in paradise, he announces. He bends down, grabs a tank sideways, hoists it to his waist, and tosses it down to Kevin Dobb, who piles it on a growing pyramid of tanks assembled at the edge of the turquoise sea. Dan stoops to repeat the process, his brow furrowing, the muscles along his spine bulging, his entire tanned body winding tight like a rubber band about to pop. Bend, grab, hoist, Toss again and again. At the end of this session, Dan will have moved 50 tanks. And at the end of the day, he will have moved 100. Each day, twice a day, the ritual takes place here at the docks of Sunset Divers. 
It's not as glamorous as everyone thinks, says Kevin Dobb, a 30-year-old former commercial fisherman from British Columbia. It gets old. Well, it's just like anything. It's like anything any old. Yeah, get yeah. old. Yeah. I mean, so but, you know, look, it, at, it's the when the, you look at the end back, of the day, it's work. Yeah. That's it, exactly. You're going, down, you're going down there to work. You're not going down there to be on vacation. Yes. You're going down to bang the chicks on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and hope they buy you some beers. But you're working your ass off. Like that's you're still working. Like these guys yeah. were, uh, you know, I talked to my buddy. I mean, they, they were doing 12-hour days, mm-hmm. six, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, and then all they had at the end of the day a was, tank monkey was, isn't easy. was trot over to the, to to the, the bar, mm-hmm. you know, across the street from the shop. Get a couple of buckets. See what the night. Ride the bike. Yeah, see what the, the bicycle, night uh, back down to the, unfolds to, to the be for hotel. Yeah. Wake up on four hours of sleep. Get up and do it all over again. That's that was life on the rock. That was that's island life, man. Talking about the diving, the author Paul uh, continues on saying, moments into a dive at Orange Canyon, a woman named Jody surfaces at the rear of the boat. She can't equalize. She's probably nervous. Dan says to me. He crouches at the back of the boat. You're not going to sit out, he tells Jody. I'm going with you to the descent line at the front of the boat. And you're going to slowly pull yourself down. Two feet and equalize. Two feet and equalize. And on down. Dan giant strides into the water. And like an elementary school crossing guard, escorting a student, he descends the line with Jody, foot by foot, maintaining almost constant eye contact with her and reminding her to pinch her nose and blow. They creep along the rope exchanging the OK signal repeatedly. At 70 feet, a sweeping vista of orange elephant ear sponges opens up, and Jody's panicked expression has mostly vanished. Dan signals her to rejoin her husband. Yeah, see? So they are doing the little yeah, they're, 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 Yeah, they're, I mean, they're doing the work. Does it say that, that he had a threesome with the... <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of... Um, that's the other thing is it, it, it often is, you know, the oh, life of a dive master is babysitting. Yeah, yeah, babysitting you're, you're babysitting. And, divers, they don't dive all the time. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to discredit the divers, but, I mean, a lot of them are. They don't dive They all dive the six dives. A year, down in Cayman once a year. Maybe every yeah. 10 years, yeah. every five years, every 10 years. Every, every seven year, and a half years. Yeah, every year if, if, if you're lucky as a dive yeah. master. It's, it's rare that you've got a boat full of well-experienced divers that that don't need any assistance true true that on the way back to shore dan plops down on the bow next to an attractive blonde from california so wait wait so where's a good place to go out tonight she asks uh we gotta we we have to do some work on this the voices. That was good. I, 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 that was... I think we need a third. We need to get a young lady in with us, this crew. Well. So, where's an attractive young lady like myself from California who's looking for a very good time supposed to go this evening? Well. With you fine, handsome dive masters. Well, Dan begins expertly. <laughs> the first thing you'll need is a guide. Someone with a little inside knowledge of the place. You, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So the worry for these guys is getting kicked off the island because uh, their job space runs out. I'm bouncing along in Pat Kenny's truck down West Bay Road, Cayman's main thoroughfare, and the 48-year-old dive master is reminiscing about the early 80s. You could party a lot in those days. Dude. (laughs) But we paid for it in the morning. Guys used to arm wrestle to see who had to do the deep dives. 
Kenny, a beefy fellow with curly gray hair and a T-shirt that reads Sea Dog, moved here in 1982 after retiring from the Detroit Police Force. His peculiar claim to fame occurred in 1986 when he and another dive master, Jay Ireland, began arming their customers with squid and letting them feed stingrays that congregated over the shallow sandbars in the northwest corner of North Sound. Stories of snorkeling with the rays spread. Today, the site is known as Stingray City, the most popular animal encounter dive in the world. Cool. Now, I heard a different story about Stingray City. I'm listening. And I was told probably the just the BS one they tell the stupid <laughs> tourists, you know? Which is? That it was... The pirates used to the, the pirates used to come in into that sound, and they would throw you know junk and food and scraps and over the over the side of the boat, and the, the stingrays would just come there because it was a normal place for for but, feeding. Yeah. They you know, they got free food, and then over the many 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 years, they just learned to be there, and then the dive masters discovered it. But that's well, not the, the, what I heard. That's was not the, what old Kenny says. I heard the dive masters uh, killed all the pirates off. That's what I heard. And rode off on their and women. That's what I, and rode off with their women. Kenny's world is about to lurch out of control. Two days ago, he received word from the government that he has two weeks to leave the island. What do you do? He wonders. They haven't told me what's going on. For expats, the deal's always been you keep your nose clean and they don't mess with you. Ever since Bob Soto started the first dive outfit on Cayman in 1957, expatriates have migrated here to work the industry. Real growth on the island, sparked mostly by Cayman's offshore banking industry, but also by scuba-inspired tourism, began in 1973. That year, the government created the Caymanian Protection Board, a body charged with regulating the influx of foreigners and making sure they didn't fill jobs that locals wanted. This is the worry. The anxiety of having to leave unexpectedly hangs over every dive master like a cloud. Most don't discuss the situation, but when they do, they tend to put a careful, positive spin on it. You don't know who may be listening. It was six months mandatory vacation, says Moak Huck. 36, a dive master at Don Foster's, who was asked to leave in 1994. Driving down West Bay Road, Pat Kenny would rather talk about something else, like the time he captained a catamaran full of half-dozen California models who ripped off their clothes and pranced around nude. (laughs) You've got to see the photo of me posing with him, he says, shaking his head. At the end of the week, Kenny will meet with immigration officials. He'll learn his fate then. Hey, I didn't see you at Rumheads last night, Colleen says to me. What did I miss, I ask. Oh, nothing, she says. <laughs> We'd been drinking all night. As soon as we got there, I passed out. My head hit the table. <laughs> Paul had to carry me home. She tosses her head back to exhale. Man, don't tell my mother. <laughs> so the dive master's call came in the rock. If you're in the industry, it's known as being on the rock. And Paul continues on writing about rock fever. Newlywed, nearly dead, and overfed, Dan says, characterizing the passengers of the huge cruise ship anchored before us on West Bay. <laughs> nearly fed, nearly wed, nearly dead, and overfed. That uh, that is probably why I've always my wife. There was a time the wife's like, "Let's go on a cruise." I said, "Negative." More than anything, cruise ship passengers are the bane of the dive master existence. 
and there's a thriving trade in stupid cruise shipper stories. It's Dan's day off, and we're hanging around the sunset pool with another dive master, Helen Wheelhouse. The stupid things they've asked by cruise shippers come spilling out in a litany. Is there water on the other side of the island? How deep do you have to swim to get under the island? How many breaths can you get out of a snorkel? Is there any shopping at Stingray City? <laughs> do dive masters live on the island? Helen once had to tell a woman from the Midwest that those bumps on the water are called waves. But her cruise shipper classic involves a woman who once boarded the dive boat with three jars. She said the woman wanted to collect some of the water to bring home. The captain asked her why she didn't just collect it from the beach. And she said she wanted to collect different kinds of water. You know, the green water near the shore, the light blue water farther out, and the dark blue water way, way off. <laughs> when dive masters have fielded enough ignorant questions, hauled hundreds of tanks, and grown plain weary of the island's smallness, a creeping condition known as rock fever, those who succumb must flee came in quickly. Anywhere, Mexico, the States, just get the hell out and get rejuvenated. Kelly Higginbottom, another Sunset Canadian, gets dreamy-eyed when he explains the antidote he's about to take for rock fever. Dubbed anonymously, Kelly's U.S. Chick Tour by Dan, the medicinal journey involves a grand sweep from East Coast to West Coast, during which Kelly will visit a good chunk of women he's met on Cayman. The month of August is just going to be one big session, Kelly says, <laughs> grinning. <laughs> It's Friday night at the Lone Star, and Jeeves is parked in the corner, looking beat. His New Zealand All Blacks are drubbing someone in rugby, and he's staring numbly at the television screen. I'll just be happy when we get this roommate stuff figured out. I'm looking forward to unpacking my suitcase. Rough week at work, I ask? It's a job, he says. But tomorrow's my day off. I'm going to sit and watch rugby all day. He takes a long, slow swig of his red stripe. As the boat pulls away, a brief thunderstorm breaks out, even though the sun keeps shining. Everyone scrambles beneath the shelter. Not Dan. He dons a blue raincoat and steps out onto the swim platform at the rear of the boat. Tone Loke's wild thing throbs over the boat's boombox. Dan steps to the right, feels the rhythm, gyrates his hips, and begins to shimmy across the platform. His arms waving in perfect sync to the pulsating beat. His lips mouthing the lyrics. The customers hoot and a broad smile spreads across his face. He's found paradise and he knows it. That's the end. Got to show him what that, you know, at the end, that's what those dive masters do is they're there to please and, and cater to the, the customer coming in. People go Put smile there. on their faces. People are not there to, to continue their day-to-day crap you know the stuff that shoveled down their throats every day that they seem to accept nowadays and actually some of them really love the security of it they're, they're they really Cut want to loose, get away man. from the security yeah exactly. that's why they're shacked up with the dive master you know at uh five in the morning when they're when they wake up <laughs> yeah. out of their stupor and they realize shit i gotta get back to the hotel we gotta get on a dive boat in a couple well, yeah. hours so again i mean so you you heard the whole article and then you also heard the beginning of our podcast with uh, the whining whiner. Well, they weren't all whining whiners. No, there's two of us over there going, shut the <laughs> fuck up. You're going to ruin this for everybody. <laughs> Don't give us away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brando, you want to get a real job or you want to be a diver for the rest of your life? Yeah, I'd, uh, 
I, you know, I had the inner, I had to have the inner dialogue and, and I had to give up a lot of things to, to and it's have not a family a, and it's life. it's not all having a, you know, a, a wild sexual conflict. No, 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 that's time. not, that's but just, it is, but it the, is a, a rejection, of, it of is it. a rejection of the norm. It yeah. is a rejection of conformity in a lot of ways. And that's the price you pay being a 40 year old shop monkey like myself, you know, uh, you got stories, lots of great though. stories. Though. You got lots some stories. Of great, lots you of great a life of adventure uh, to, uh, you know, a great degree. And it's all the thing is, it's your choice. It's not being a choice foisted onto you. It's not being you need to do this because this is secure and safe. Again, I go back to nobody gets out alive. There's nothing safe in this world. Yeah, yeah. Well, my dad it's looked at me at false. one point in my yeah. 20s. Is like, what are you doing? You know, at the oh, dive shop. You know, yeah. and he's an old GM. Oh, you know, GM worker. I could go know, on working, all day about the, for the, the, that mentality. You know, though, there's too. so many of these guys. Yeah. That, you know, working the big three, but it, it's yeah, it's a it's a good wage, and yeah, it's ask them a, how happy a, a, they a pension and a you know a retirement they, yeah. and. But yeah, I mean, it's thirty years of nut on bolt, nut on bolt. Yeah, let's look at the bolt. the uh, statistics you know, of you know suicide and alcoholism and drugs and you know families broken up, all all of that stuff from working for the big just, three, yeah, just going you know. in and slaving slaving away for that that big corporation. Yeah, and then you get the fever of oh they're gonna give us double time and we're gonna work seven days a week, and I I just why I I see a lot of it, I'm, you know, in the family I've married into especially is uh they're all auto people and they you know i'm basically i'm a black sheep there too well yeah you get a lot of i mean a lot of guys that we've hung with over the years that you know got into diving because they had a little bit of a break yeah from from work and then you know they're laid off or something so they they find something to do but then once they get back into that rat race of of diving that that corporate money it's like boom all of a sudden you haven't seen them in five years Mm -hmm. like oh what have you been doing oh man we got we're on double time and yeah you know i'm on midnight shift so my hours are all uh you know, screwed sounds up. great. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, I'll see you in the Bernie place because we're both going there. You know that. But I'll have a few stories. You're, you won't. Just saying. This just one saying. time. This one time, the line got shut down. <laughs> oh, that must have been something. Uh, right, right before lunch, we got an extra lunch break. This one time, old Billy Bob cross-threaded a nut. That was the excitement so for the here's month. A, here's a letter that I think you'll like. Came from uh, Joel Markwell out of Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out to Joel if you're still listening. Sure. The article shows a side of scuba that is not the most attractive. And I yes, think it is the most attractive. The dive masters in question do not seem to be the best representatives of their sport. I think they are the best representatives. But one thing I do know is that I am tired of the kid glove treatment of dive resorts, products, and personalities that most scuba mags give us. Almost without exception, I get to read the same sort of reviews of equipment, resorts, or schools in almost every article. Most scuba mags aren't real magazines. They're trade publications. They love the gear. They love the guys and gals and on and on. So I applaud Rodale Scuba Diving for doing something a bit different. Every hero has a pimple or two, and I think it's fine to take these into account when we learn about them. These guys have a lot of pimples, and they're no heroes. Outside Magazine has been doing this type of reporting for years, and I keep those periodicals. Why? Because the articles are so damn good. I think you just may be shocked to see some actual reportage appear in a dive mag. Nice. I like I like that one. I figured you would. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the era, exactly the era where you keep saying that this was the, Everything went to shit. 
yeah, they turned into trade publications. These They're travel, travel, it's travel a travel being brochure. the scourge of yeah. the industry. You keep yeah. saying, and well, yes, it's a double-edged sword. I get it. You need money in business and people participating in order to progress. The downside is it gets it takes something. It takes all the qualities that you revered when you came into diving, and it uh, removes them. And it makes it a politically correct activity like everything else. It makes a cookie-cutter uh, occupation out of it. Right, which is where, you know, you know, we had fun when we did the, the holiday gift guide review. Yeah. Right, where you could you could come in and, like, all these magazines, you know, have the, the same 10. Yeah. <laughs> they've yeah. got the same 10 items that are, are new in the industry that they're going to talk about for Christmas. And they're all going to go, this new snorkel mm-hmm. is... Totally awesome. We give it five stars. Yeah, exactly. When uh, you and I just go, it's another snorkel. It's a goddamn snorkel. <laughs> it's a snorkel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so that's kind of a a good symbol right there of what's really happened. The snorkel is a good symbol of what's really happened to the the scuba industry. The characteristics that drew you to it, uh, the adventure, the risk, the you know kind of kind of sure. danger not not danger danger but danger still there's a little risk to it and that's the draw that in the 90s when politically correct bullshit started to you know peek its head into everyday society and and actually politically correct became the buzzword and that's where we're at right now really if you ask me not to go on a rant about all that shit, but it's um it's on my nerves. Well, there was... It's not a, real, is the thing. You know, a few it's years after real. this era, you know, there was a short-lived magazine called Divers Magazine. Not mm-hmm. the not The, Canadian, the real world of diving. Not the Canadian Divers Magazine. Not to be magazine, confused with the... still around. This was Divers Magazine. They got, a, they got edgy, you know, because they would have, like, the, the beach babes and yeah. the bikini, the hot yeah. chicks. And they took, a, they took some heat. Of course, you know, early taking, on, yeah. but then they got a lot of support back too. Like so, they got like a good good mix coming back. Well, you're gonna no matter what you do, no matter what you do in this world, you're gonna take some heat from somebody. So it, I guess the criticism is against the people who conform to the critics, right? Which was the question, like with us, should we even go into this article because yeah. it's gonna tick? It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna tick off a lot of people. Good, but yeah. That's what Good. we're here for. This ticked you off. We are the we yeah. are the counterpoint to the same sugar coated bubblegum magazines that are out there that are all going to give you the same You're exact have to little beep, beep out the entire <laughs> you. Sorry, I will. I will. I will. You should beep out this whole set. <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> I got an idea. How about you give me a sentence I can keep the whole thing. <laughs> See, you're starting to sound like the whining whiner. <laughs> no, I'm just the one that has to go back and fix it all. After skimming all the outraged online flame mail about the Cayman Cowboys piece, I finally received my issue at home and dove into the offending feature, expecting to find something really horrible. Instead, I was pleased to find a well-written, very interesting, very human glimpse at an industry that is routinely sanitized to utter blandness in the slick diving mags. The guys in your article... What is that? That slow clap? (laughs) Slow clap. The guys in your article may offend a vast number of hardworking dive masters out there, but they aren't very different from the ones I knew during my years in the Caribbean, and at least they seem real and worth writing about. I'd rather have an honest look at life on a diver's island than the usual monthly PR pictures of dive masters. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt Bush from Foster City, California. More Ernest Hemingway, less 
of the other shit that is churned out of uh, literature and uh, media news, journalism, etc. I'm with you. Boom. Totally with you. That's the the part I love about yeah. the, about diving. That's where the we're characters. Exactly. In their in their crude rawness, not their uh, polished up fake exterior made up. Yeah, we don't need another talking head. No, except for you and me. Except for us. <laughs> they need us see, in our crude rawness. See, we're sitting here, you know, in shorts and t-shirts, unshaven, <laughs> drinking coffee From out unicorn of unicorn mugs. mugs. <laughs> it doesn't get any more crude and raw than no, that. No, this is real life. Real if, life. if this were uh, videotaped, if they were watching instead of just listening, watching and listening. Okay, well, let's uh, wrap this up then. Well, I think we can wrap up this. Uh, it's good. This was a good one. This was fun. This was a, a lot of fun. Uh, next week, we'll get back into some. Uh, just bullshit again. Well, well next week, I want to get back <laughs> into this uh, diving, uh, uh, this 130 foot stuff. So we'll. Uh, so next oh, week. Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. Next week, we're going to get back into some uh, diving data information kind of <laughs> things like that <laughs> next weekend we'll get into some real scuba diving stuff <laughs> but for this, all of you who this, listen to this podcast and want to hear about scuba diving this was a good reminder this was a good like injection of why we're here why we do the diving and it it's needs why to I'm be, here this yeah. is what i keep back coming back to you remembering need to be that. reminded it's very easy in today's world just to forget any passion you had any draw to to adventure that you had Especially when you, you're my age, you're getting there. But you're my age, you just you're like, when's it over? When's it over? Well, on that <laughs> note, get out there, everybody. Go dive. Grab a bucket of beers. Red sit, stripe, mate. Grab some red stripes, matey. Sit, sit it's in there. the sand, so feet in the rugby. water. Try cheers, to get lucky. Cheers your mates and try to get lucky. <laughs> tip those dive masters. Yeah. Not this dollar tip, and don't get off of the boat not tipping. You because you already paid uh, cheap ass. That, that goes to pay for the boat. That goes to pay for the dive shop. The, the, the dive masters don't get any of that money that you're paying to go diving. Especially you get those ones that are dancing to Tone Loke's wild thing on the back of the swim platform. We're trying to keep you, uh, you remember Tone keep Loke? you happy, keep you entertained. Especially if you're one of those divers that needed some help getting down the line, and they get in the water with you and, and help you down that line, so you can get down there and see those sights. Helping you at the surface more than just taking your fins, but really doing something for you. Give an extra tip to those guys. They deserve it. Those guys and gals, I should say, because they deserve it. That's fine. That's great. That's great. I'm a tone mode. That's who we need here. Because I like his voice. I can't gonna work. We're going to roll that out. Like that dude a wild <laughs> Well, uh, on that note, uh, will you send my logbook? Sure. Okay. Well, love. Okay. All right. And uh, you can talk to do the world. Can't talk like I can't. I can't do a good Tomo. I love Tomo. My wife used to love Tomo. Back in the day, we used to Tone Loke, a staple of our daily. How could you not have fun with Tone, tone Loke, yo? Pass me some of that funky cold Medina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go stop and get me some funky cold Medina today. Thanks again, everybody. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to the show and supporting the show and doing all the cool, fun things that you guys do for us. See you guys Monday at the Zoom meeting. Uh, check our Facebook for the link, and we'll talk about the diving that we did this weekend and hopefully the diving that you did this weekend or would have liked to have done or tried to do or 
whatever it is. As Brando always says, safe diving, folks. See you guys next week. What? <laughs>